I need to know everything Who in the what and the where I need everything Trust me, I hear what you're saying But act like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche There's five and a horse, I'm ready for war I'm coming for ghosts, to turn to a ghost I need to know everything now you'd be surprised at the Welcome everybody to another episode of ADP that stands for Another Damn Fantasy Podcast. I'm your host Dan, joined by my cohort, the other 50% of ADP, my boy Trevor Steinbacher. How are we doing tonight, Trevor? Doing well. We got some preseason on the TV. Unfortunate news out of camp, but also some pretty positive notes coming up. Uh, we'll talk some camp news. We got the preseason week one. Can't wait to, to talk a little bit next week. Just all the hype comes out of these games. Um, not a lot of starters playing, but, you know, just to start to see these guys in action, really the rookies, the senior players start to find their own in the depth charts. Today we start our first part of our 1-25 to 25 on our wide receivers, and we'll finish off with, with a couple articles that you got to go take a look at uh, and read this week. Dan, let's jump right into the news here. Yeah, absolutely. So big story in the NFL right now is everything going on with Deshaun Watson. What's going to happen? Suspension, push to next year. We don't know. Goodell has officially come out with his proposal for a full season suspension minimum with potentials to push that suspension beyond. So he wants an indefinite suspension. Recent news came out about Deshaun Watson potentially finagling things to an eight-game suspension with a hefty fine associated with it. So, you know, things will be up in the air for a little while until the two sides can kind of come to an agreement on what that proper punishment is going to be for um, for his conduct off the field here. Obviously, this plays into a huge factor as to what Amari Cooper's value is going to be what David Njoku's value is going to be, what Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt are going to bring to the table. So there's a lot going on there in Cleveland that needs to get sorted out for these guys, um, for fantasy players to, to understand kind of who, who they should be drafting. Now, with Kareem Hunt, he has actually demanded a trade as well. <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know if that's a smart move by the Browns. I did anticipate either Kareem Hunt or Ernest Johnson being traded. That seemed like pretty optimal conclusion for the Browns this offseason. Both players are well-established within that offense, but there's not room for both because of Nick Chubb. And as long as Nick Chubb's healthy, he'll always be the number one. So who's going to be the number two? Well, DeAndre Johnson is the cheaper of the two. So they could just you know kind of follow Kareem Hunt's request, move on from him, think he's a free agent next year. We'll see if that actually comes to fruition. And since you brought up Amari Cooper, we're going to talk about the wide receivers today, but he's really tough to rank right now because if Deshaun Watson's his quarterback, you got to love that prospect. But if it's Jacoby Brissett, maybe Jimmy Garoppolo, who's been floated out there, you just don't love the idea of Amari Cooper being a wide receiver too, potentially. So the... The Deshaun Watson, the talent is there. We just got to let this thing play out. And right now, I'm just going to try to avoid this Browns offense in, in fantasy football. Yeah, it's hard to. You know, if you are if you get Nick Chubb slipping to you in one of those later rounds or if you see Kareem Hunt on the board in round seven or eight, how do you not 
you know, roll the dice on on those guys. I think of the Browns players, those two that I just mentioned are probably the safer options because if there's not a good passing game, then they're going to be leaning on that run game even more than before. And I think we saw a lot of that last year with the emergence of Dearness Johnson, Baker Mayfield dealing with his arm injuries. Um, Odell was literally traded because he wasn't being utilized enough. I mean, there was a lot going on last year, but you know, uh, a lot, a lot up in the air for the for the offense, and and they took another big hit this week with uh, All Pro kick returner Jakeem Grant going down with a torn Achilles. You know he was, uh, I guess, showing some promise running running routes and doing the actual receiver work, but where he really brings value is that kick return ability and bringing that value to the Browns defense and special teams unit. Yeah, torn Achilles there. That's going to be tough to come back from, especially a guy like Grant who relies on that speed that he's got going on there in Cleveland. You mentioned Baker Mayfield. Uh, He's been in the news this week, emerging as the starting quarterback there in Carolina. I love this. I think this really helps DJ Moore. Baker and Robbie Anderson are going to have to figure out what they've got going on because it seems like there's not the best friends, you know, they don't got a great relationship, but Robbie Anderson's a, a usable wide receiver, especially in fantasy. Great. Like wide receiver three guy. You can throw in a flex here and there. So I, I like what's going on there in Carolina. If, if C-Mac can stay healthy, this is kind of Matt rules like last chance. So can Baker be that guy for him there and, and take this team the, to the next step. Not that that not, they haven't really been anywhere, but so the next step isn't a lot, but get them to eight or nine wins. The talent is around Baker there in Carolina. It's really just going to be a matter of if he can manage the game and manage that offense. The next step being the first step. <laughs> I don't think there's a seat hotter in the NFL than Matt rules when it comes to coaching um, head coaches for any of the 32 teams. He by far has the, he's on the thinnest ice, if you will. Um, something to note about the chemistry issues with Baker Mayfield and Robbie Anderson. This isn't his first go around with that, with, with a wide receiver. You know, I hope him and DJ Moore can develop a good rapport. DJ Moore really hasn't had any kind of, you know, world beaters throwing him the football by any means. And he's still been able to put up thousand yard campaigns, 1200 yards, almost consistently. Um, so I, I, and I love DJ Moore. I think, you know, you know, if he were able to catch a few more touchdowns, he would be a top 10 receiver year in and year out. So we'll see how that how that value pans out for him. Keeping it in the NFC South, Jameis Winston got hurt again, sprained his foot. Luckily, it's nothing too major. They're saying he should be back for week one. Is it an issue where he's maybe favoring a leg too much with the ACL recovery? Um, there's just those things that you get concerned about with with him. And, you know, if Jameis goes down, then you got issues with all of the offensive weapons that are that that are down there in New Orleans. So just a huge chain reaction. Who they bring in? They bring in Andy Dalton as his backup. Yeah, they did. They brought in some old dusty quarterback for the to be the backup and move Taysom Hill to just the tight end. But <laughs> no, th- this isn't good. Uh, I, I'm kind of in on the Saints offense this year. I think they're they're going to be a good team just because that defense is going to be as good as they are always are. But I was kind of in on this offense a little bit, and 
Jameis isn't afraid to, to sling the ball around, so hopefully he can get healthy there. One guy that's not going to to be able to get through his health issues is, is James White. Calling it quits, going ahead and retiring from the New England Patriots and, and the NFL. Seems like about every week we get on here, there's another running back who's who's hit the wall and, and called it quits. Yep. And it's just, uh, you know, James White has been around for a long time, really. And you remember, you know, the the Super Bowl win against the Falcons and just, you know, he was a, a PPR machine for a few Beast. years there with Tom Brady at, at the helms. You know, hats off to him. What a great career. Loved using him. He was the great, he was like the perfect running back to <laughs> the perfect guy to wait, like in round eight to grab him uh, as you stack up all your quarterbacks and, and wide receivers. But he he's going to be calling it quits. And I, I don't think that we expected him to really come in and, and be good again this year, but his name was always out there. Right. And so now it's maybe down to three and then. Damian Harris for New England is now potentially, you know, ruffling some feathers. Maybe once 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 traded, or maybe New England's trying to trade him. Something's going on there, so it might even get a clearer picture with Ramondre Stevenson being the number one guy there. And they they brought in Ty Montgomery as that fourth running back. He could find himself in that mix. We're gonna have to wait it out and see what they do with Damian Harris. Uh, but I think that James White retiring just kind of clears it up just a little bit more. Right now, it's Harris and it's Stevenson as the one-two punch there in New England. Yeah, you know, best best of luck to James White in retirement. Best wishes, all that stuff. You definitely him and Dion Lewis were just PPR machines. Dion Lewis was a stud for me. He was my flex. Uh, one of the years I won the Super Bowl, it might have been 2017, um, in one of my leagues with my college buddies. But I mean, dude's just a monster was a monster him him and james white used to do some damage <laughs> why don't these quarterbacks dump off the running backs like tom brady had you know <laughs> give us those fantasy points seriously hook it up i would be curious what the market is even like for running backs in the nfl right now i feel like if they don't have that solid workhorse type running back that the, the derrick henry's the dalvin cooks those kinds of guys then they have an established one-two punch already so I just don't see any teams giving up any kind of major capital for these running backs. We saw it last year, you know, with Sony Michelle. He gets traded to the to the Rams, got himself a Super Bowl ring out of the deal, which is good for him. I'm sure that's what he wants. But for fantasy owners, it's like, you know, we we still really didn't see him put up any of the numbers that he had put up in previous seasons. So, you know, if I was Damian Harris, I'd be I'd be kind of happy with my my situation, a place where I'm already kind of, uh, you know, it's 1A, 1B, and I think he's the 1A guy in New England. I'm interested in seeing how some of this preseason goes with those two guys, um, not to get too much into the weeds of running backs again because we've talked plenty about them. Uh, <laughs> we'll get it but I do, I, I am interested in seeing how the, the preseason goes and how that usage goes. I truly believe it'll just be 1A, 1B all season. But if one of those guys starts to separate, as we talked about last week, they could they could really catapult your your fantasy team to the top top of your league. But let's talk about running backs. We're going to talk about our rankings, but first, Jamar Chase has his own rankings as well. So why don't you, why don't you tell us what Jamar Chase says, and then we'll jump into our own rankings. Yeah, no, that's a perfect transition. Jamar Jamar Chase jumped on the I Am Athlete podcast with. 
And watching this video is hilarious, but he jumped on that that podcast. It's hosted by Brandon Marshall, Pac-Man Jones, and a couple other guys that they rotate in. And um, I think Ryan Clark might be – no, he's on the pivot. So it's those guys. And Chad Johnson, that's the other one on I Am Athlete. So they get him in there. Lots of Bengal ties, you know. So they're talking with Jamar Chase. They got Joe Burrow, pinned him down in a room. What's your top five wide receivers? And they're hammering him with, you know, questions like, are you better than Justin Jefferson? Asking Joe Burrow, making him all uncomfortable. And <laughs> they end up, he ends up coming out with his top five. Number one, and I feel like most receivers, when they drop their number one, they're putting themselves in that spot. But he goes the uh, the humble route and drops Devontae Adams, number one. Gives Keenan Allen number two, which I thought was kind of surprising. Stephon Diggs at three, Justin Jefferson at four, and Cooper Cup at five. Now, obviously, this has no, this is not a fantasy football ranking. So that's something that people always need to understand is it's, you know, the most talented is not always going to be the best fantasy player. You got to look at the situations just a little bit different. And I don't know. I think, I think he's snubbing Tyreek Hill on this list. I think he's snubbing himself on the list a little bit. Yeah. I wonder if it's more guys who have done it for a long time. Devonte Adams has been around for a while. Keenan Allen has been around for a while. He's got to throw his boy, Justin Jefferson in there. Right. Absolutely. Cause they, they got, they go back to college like they're boys, but these other four, they're, they're guys that have been doing it for a long time. And they also, they are more pure wide receivers where a Tyreek Hill he, he's got so much speed that he really utilizes his athleticism to create. These guys are what I would think of as more pure route running wide receivers. They're, you know, they're catching the ball. They're, they're not necessarily getting a lot of after the catch yards. It's, it's, it's all about the route running and that purity there. So maybe that's why he went this route. Anytime you can hear other athletes talk about athletes is pretty fun because they have so much respect for these other guys. And, and oh, he yeah. is humble, and that's that's pretty awesome to see because he has every right to put himself on this list. That is, that is for sure. Even after one year, <laughs> I mean, he's got every right to put himself up here. Most definitely, the uh, you know the talent that he brings to the field week in and week out is, I mean, it's just obvious. You know, <laughs> this guy's this guy's going to be good for a long time. This week, we're going to do top twenty-five. We're going to split it up for two episodes this week. We'll do the same thing like we did with the running backs, 25 through 13. Me, Trevor, back and forth, talking about how we think this season's going to play out for these guys and who you should target in these PPR redraft leagues. So, Trevor, I've started the last couple. I'll let you start this one up, and then I'll I'll give you mine afterwards. So we'll go 25 to 21. Yeah, see, if I go first, I don't get to sit here and guess what you're about to about to say. <laughs> Take uh, the pressure I'm off. Happy to go first here. I'll start start right here at 25. I've got Gabriel Davis, Buffalo Bills, uh, wide receiver 24, Allen Robinson, the new Los Angeles Ram. Wide receiver 23 is Brandon Cooks, DK Metcalf at wide receiver 22, and then I'll end here with Rashad Bateman. You know, the new number one, the new number one wide receiver there in Baltimore at wide receiver 21. I'm, I'm so looking forward to what Rashad Bateman can do this year now that Hollywood Brown is not there. I know Baltimore is going to get back to running, but I, I'm just super invested in Rashad Bateman. 
Got him in a lot of dynasty leagues. I like his talent. I liked it as a prospect. So I'm just very interested in how that goes. But I really want to talk about the first guy I said, and that's Gabe Davis. We finally saw him break out there, right? In the playoff game. Goes eight for 201 yards and four touchdowns against our beloved Chiefs. Chiefs still get the win. But man, did he blow up? Did he go off? And he's been the hot name all offseason long. I've only got him at 25. I have seen him as high as 13, 14 with some expert rankings. I'm not willing to go that high quite yet, but I do think he deserves to be in this range. And I think that he's got the talent and the upside to be way higher than this come next year, but I'm not quite ready to get to that point yet. Uh, the, the reason I'm so confident of this year, last off season, the bills, they go out and get Emmanuel Sanders. And it just felt like Gabriel Davis wasn't ready to take that next step. So they have to go get a veteran this off season crickets in the wide receiver room for the bills. They don't go get anyone that tells me that the team is ready to move forward with Gabe Davis as the number two. And I really just expect that he increases his target share this year, closes the gap between him and Stefan Diggs, gets the volume that you need as a wide receiver too. And I like Gabe Davis. I have him at 25, but I'm pretty high on Gabe Davis this year. I think you have a lot of great things to say about him. He definitely ended his 2021 campaign on the highest of notes, torching Mike Hughes for four quarters in a playoff game, probably the biggest game of his career so far. I definitely appreciate Gabe Davis and what I think he's going to be able to bring to their offenses cheer. I'll talk about him a little bit more in a little bit, but I'll go with my, my 25 through 21 ranking. So I've got Amon Ross St. Brown at 25. I really liked his campaign last year. Amari Cooper at 24. Hard for me to leave a a receiver of his caliber off, even with the confusing situation going on in Cleveland. I think if Deshaun Watson does end up missing some time, he'll he'll still be that number one target with Jacoby Brissett. And then when Watson comes back, then it's just going to double down for him once he's able to get those opportunities from a talented quarterback like Watson. Now there is some question marks, and I was pretty <laughs> timid of putting him in the top twenty-five because of it. Uh, mostly, it's you know Watson hasn't played football in over a season, so even if he does come back, you know, fully healthy, ready to go, there could be some rust that gets knocked off there. So that's just something to watch for. Michael Thomas at number twenty-three for me for the New Orleans Saints. Mike Williams at twenty-two. And Brandon Cooks at number 21. I really like Brandon Cooks. I think if he was on any other team, he would be a top 15 receiver for me. I agree with that. It's just hard with Davis Mills. You're not exactly sure what you're going to get there and how much they're going to throw the ball. I assume a lot because they're going to be losing a lot. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, that's <laughs> that's tough with Brandon Cooks because he's he's got there's plenty of talent there. There always has Absolutely. been. He's always been. You know, back when he was with the Saints, he just he's there like he's and he's good and he shows up, but he's never been he's never like been able to crack our like top 12 consistently year. I'm trying to his career has taken a very Brandon Marshall type of stance, not in the sense, not in Brandon Marshall was a top 10 to five receiver most of his career. It's the journeyman mentality of us where he's just been getting bounced around in the. 
the sad thing is like he's a great dude from everything I've seen. It's just a situation where he keeps getting moved by the team because they have another guy in there that they're rolling with, you know, with the Rams, it was like, okay, well we have Robert Woods and Cooper cup. Let's ship him off and pick something up for him, you know? So there's just all these uh, extreme situations that keep getting him pushed to, to different teams. And it's crazy. Cause he's just barely missed out on super bowl rings multiple times. Yeah. And I don't think he's going to have to worry about that this year, but hopefully, yeah. you know, maybe he'll find himself back in, in a, Another Super Bowl caliber team soon. I'll go back in here. Wide receiver 20. I'm going to give you my 20 to 17. I'm going to start with Hollywood Brown. Hollywood Brown, Marquise Brown in Arizona, a top 24 wide receiver in 2021. And I was in Baltimore, which is a very run heavy style offense. So he's shown the ability to produce there. He was top 10 in targets in the league last year. Top 25 in yards in the league last year. He had a 12.0 A dot, which was second amongst all the top 10 target leaders. So he's not only is he getting targets, he's getting targets downfield, averaging 12 yards per depth of target there. When he goes to Arizona, I was, I mean, I was pumped. I was, he was flying up my rankings. I felt like he had top 12 upside. I still think he has top 12 upside, but now he's got this speeding ticket thing that's lingering over his head so i'm spooked i don't know if there's going to be suspension is it going to be two games or four games if maybe there's no suspension once i kind of know a little bit more about this if if they if they came out like he's playing no suspension with the addition of deandre hopkins suspension for six games i just think that he's going to come out hot and he's going to just keep keep going and i really think he has top 12 potential but right now I'm just worried because if he misses four games, that's that's enough games to make it a top 12 versus a top 20 wide receiver. So if he if he stays, if he's on the field, he's probably a top 15 wide receiver for me. Uh, but right now there's a, a potential suspension looming. Wide receiver 19, Cortland Sutton there in Denver, Russ Wilson there. Uh, we'll see how this offense flows. I am kind of excited to see Sutton, Judy, Williams, See how they go. Albert O, what's going to happen there with that passing offense? Terry McLaurin at wide receiver 18, just a stud year in and year out. Another guy with just terrible quarterbacks every year. He always produces, though, so hopefully he'll continue to produce. And then I have Deontay Johnson down here at wide receiver 17. I am worried about the Mitchell Trubisky, Kenny Pickett scenario, but him and Terry McLaurin are both guys that are always going to produce, even with bad quarterbacks. Uh, but just not quite enough to crack my top 15. So <laughs> you and I are pretty similar in this range of receivers. Um, we picked a couple. So I'll start with Hollywood Brown just to kind of uh, give you a little bounce back on what you're saying. I, I'll, uh, spoiler alert, I had to leave him off my top 25. And the only, I had him in there in the 21 to 23 range. And I bounced him out as soon as the speeding ticket thing came out. Because I don't think the NFL is going to be playing around with the situation. I think they're going to hit him with as much as they can on this. That's four games. You know what this does, though? Four games for Hollywood Brown if he gets the suspension at the start of the season. Six games for DeAndre Hopkins. 
Rondell Moore is going to be the guy <laughs> in Arizona. So, I mean, that's a guy that you kind of want to – I think he could be a sneaky pick in like the ninth or tenth round. I don't know that people are going to be really looking at him, uh, you know, in most of these redraft leagues. So just something to something to note with that. Now, I'll go ahead and run through mine. At number 20, I have Darnell Mooney. I really like that he's he's a speedy receiver out of Chicago. Really like him up there. He was able to put together a thousand yard campaign last year with carousel of quarterbacks coming through in Chicago. I think Justin Fields getting a full offseason with that offense has a lot of potential to to hook up Don, Darnell Mooney. And you had Cortland Sutton at number 19. I did too. Denver Broncos makes a lot of sense right here. I think I think Cortland Sutton has a lot of potential to really blow up with a legitimate quarterback. We've seen him put up some really good numbers with guys like Drew Locke and Teddy Bridgewater, uh, you know, game manager type quarterbacks. Russell Wilson's going to bring that exciting playmaking uh, sort of improv kind of style that he's always played with. And we've seen Russell Wilson have immense success with receivers of all different calibers you know, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett, Doug Baldwin, uh, Percy Harvin. I mean, just across his career, he's been able to bring the best out of everybody. So I'm really excited to see what they do there for, for Cortland Sutton. Not against the Chiefs, but any other time, you know, I'm looking for him to do some big things. At number, I guess this would be number 18, I have T. Higgins out of Cincinnati. A lot of people have him a, a, a pretty high. I'm not ready to commit on T Higgins like that just quite yet. Jamar Chase is obviously the guy there. They still have Tyler Boyd and Joe Mixon's out there. I think T Higgins is going to be a very great pick. I'm just not ready to bump him into top 15 territory. And then Deontay Johnson, I also have him at number 17. I am a little bit cautious of the Pittsburgh Steelers quarterback situation as well. I think that's going to hurt his ceiling. For sure. He's been really good in PPR formats. And I think a lot of that was Ben Roethlisberger's style of play. He did get him a lot of volume. Juju Smith-Schuster missed a lot of time uh, the last year. And uh, I guess it was the last two years, really. So I think Deontay Johnson's going to have a little bit of a, a different feel to him in the way that the game's going to be called this year. So that's something to watch for, for sure. Well, you're not going to hear me talk about T. Higgins this week. But it's not because he's he's not in my top 25. I'll have plenty to say about him next week because I am one of those guys that's high on him. That offense last year, I, I don't have no reason to to not put Chase and Higgins both up there in the top 12. Uh, just with Zach Taylor running, you know, using Joe Burrow to really throw the ball all over the field. And Joe Mixon's still a usable running back there. I, I love that offense. Hopefully not in the AFC championship game again, <laughs> but uh, no, I, I, I love T Higgins. And so you won't hear me talk about him there, but I will talk about a couple <laughs> guys before we get to T Higgins next, next week. That's Keenan Allen. I have him here at 16. I have him behind Mike Williams this year. I have Jalen Waddle at 15, Mike Williams at 14 and DJ Moore at wide receiver four at wide receiver 13. Excuse me. I've got Mike Williams two spots ahead of Keenan Allen. They could probably both end up as top 12 wide receivers. They, they easily, you know, are both top 15, top 20 type guys, you know, in 2020, Mike Williams, he earns 85 targets, but he's injured for most of the season. 
That season, Keenan Allen goes out, earns 147. Well, last year, Mike Williams is uh, healthy all season long, and he closes that gap big time, 129 earned targets versus Keenan Allen's 157. That rapport there between Mike Williams and Justin Herbert is really starting to build. Mike Williams, multiple years younger than Keenan Allen is. I just think that it's in the range of outcomes that Mike Williams completely overtakes Keenan Allen as the top targeted charger in 2022, 27 years old. He gets paid this offseason, right? So now he he's happy. He chose to come back to LA to be with the Chargers. He was a free agent, chooses to come play with Justin Herbert. Nine touchdown last year. He's a red zone machine, could potentially get in to double digits this year. I just really like Mike Williams. I think with good health all season long, I do think that he will overtake Keenan Allen. And when I get to my managed redraft leagues, I, I will draft that way as well. I believe Keenan Allen's ADP is higher than Mike Williams, but I, I will draft Mike Williams over Keenan Allen in a managed redraft league. I, I just believe Mike Williams is going to be the better wide receiver this year. I don't think you're far off with that. Mike Williams, definitely a little bit younger. My big hang up with him, he just fizzled out towards the end of the year. And I don't know if it was defenses keying on him, taking away that deep ball because he was the deep threat for real in that Chargers, in that Chargers offense. They were getting all kinds of 40 or 50 yard touchdowns off of him but I just didn't see enough from him outside of that. And maybe coming into a new season, they they know what they have in Mike Williams. They're paying him now. That's going to sway the coaches to to filter a few more touches and, and receptions and targets his way, even more than what he had last year, I think. So I don't think that's a bad take at all. So I'll start with number 16. And for me, that's Michael Pittman Jr. out of Indianapolis. This is another guy I think a lot of people are high on. I love Michael Pittman Jr. I think he's going to be a stud this year too. We'll just see how Matt Ryan and that new Colts offense is going to look. That's my only concern. We saw some other quarterbacks sort of lose arm strength at this point in their career. Matt Ryan's 37, I think, at this point. You know, So those are just a couple of those concerns that I have with him. I do also have Jalen Waddle at number 15. So that's a good spot for the Miami Dolphin for sure. I have DK Metcalf a little bit higher than you do. I think people are definitely, he's definitely overvalued in a lot of mock drafts that I've been seeing. Sometimes he's getting snagged in the second round. That's definitely not where I would be taking DK Metcalf. But if, if he falls to me at early four, late third, that's kind of a sweet spot where I would scoop him up as my wide receiver too. You know, I don't want him to be my, num- my number one guy, but if I have another guy that I can pair him with at that point, then I'll most certainly be snagging him at that point. The Seahawks don't have a great defense. I think they're going to be playing from behind a lot. So look for them to throw, even if it's Geno Smith, you know, most of what the Seahawks offense was able to accumulate was under Geno Smith's watch last year. So that's something that could be, I think he's going to win the job out there in Seattle too. And then at number 13, I have Terry McLaurin. Definitely getting Carson Wentz, I think is a boost for him. In the quarterback department, he's had Taylor Heineke throwing to him most of his career, if not all of it. So um, maybe a little bit of Alex Smith. Um, so Carson Wentz is bringing a little bit more power and a little bit of a different uh, degree to that offense. Now, I'm not huge on Carson Wentz by any means. I don't think he has a top 20 quarterback throwing the ball to him necessarily. 
but um, you know, he, I think he's going to get a lot more opportunities. He also got paid, so that's going to help him a lot in in those scenarios. So I, I do like uh, Terry McLaurin at number thirteen here. We've got some similar similar guys here, similar yeah. ranges, and we've also got a couple differences. Um, you know, there's there's some guys that I'll talk about next week, and Pittman and Higgins. You know, and I'm sure there's probably guys that I have here that you might have in your top twelve as well. Yeah. But let's talk about this this thirteen to twenty five. These some of these guys, if not you know one, two, or three, whatever, they're going to end up top twelve wide receivers this year. It's just inevitable. The <laughs> volatility of of wide receivers is unmatched right now. Right. There's so many great wide receivers. We were chatting before the we started recording just about how hard it is to find twenty five guys <laughs> because there's probably thirty five guys that really we could have ranked oh, yeah. in here. Who, which one of these guys do you like to be a top twelve wide receiver? we're really splitting hairs with these rankings. <laughs> There's a lot of guys that uh, I think could boost up into that top 12 range. I have two in mind from just my 25 to, to 13 or yeah, 13 range. So DK Metcalf and Amari Cooper. I really like both of those guys to catapult into the top 12 DK Metcalf proven to be a long ball guy. He's been, in the top 15, top 12 range, if not higher, most of his career. And then if you're looking at Amari Cooper, he's really telling the same story. Deshaun Watson's going to play a huge factor in that. But I think if Watson ends up getting his suspension pushed to the following season, then you're going to see some solid numbers from Amari Cooper this year. So I really like those two guys to jump into the top 12. Who do you got? My guy is Jalen Waddell. He yeah, finished just outside the top 12 last year. I think he ended up top 15. Maybe people were spooked because Tyreek Hill's there. You know, he's going to, Tyreek Hill's going to be ranked higher. Tyreek Hill's going to be drafted earlier. All those things make a lot of sense. I mean, I have him ranked higher. I would probably draft Hill before Jalen Waddle. But as I, I was doing some, some research, Andrew Erickson at, at a Fantasy Pros, he pointed out something I thought was very interesting. Tyreek Hill last year, Post his career yard career low in yards after the catch per reception. <clears throat> he posted a career low in yards per route run. And his A dot dipped dramatically to 10.6 yards per, per depth of target, which was the lowest he's ever had since his rookie season. So he fell off. Like he started to fall off the wide receiver cliff last year. Now he also runs the 65 yard or 55 yard touchdown run against the Bills in the playoffs, too. So what do we remember? We remember greatness from Tyreek Hill towards the end of the year. We probably still remember the three touchdown first half from Tampa Bay two years ago. Like he is so <laughs> dynamic that we just cannot forget these great games that, that uh, Tyreek has had. But really, when you look at all the stats, they do start to fall off a little bit last year. And the reason I'm bringing up Tyreek, even in this situation, when I'm saying Jalen Waddle should be the num- up in the top 12, is I think that the, the range of outcomes is Jalen Waddle is the number one wide receiver on that offense. Jalen Waddle could be the number one target. Jalen Waddle could be the guy that Tua wants to be throwing to the most. He's younger. He's, he's potentially healthier. Uh, I know Tyreek dealt with some injuries last year, so maybe that led into some of this lowness, but Jalen Waddle could be that full-fledged number one guy in Miami, and we could just all be 
blinded by the smoke and mirrors that Tyreek Hill is now there. You know, if that happens, Jalen Waddle's a top 12 fantasy wide receiver. No, I love that too. Um, the Hill stuff, I always, you know, being guys that watch the Chiefs pretty regularly, you know, we did have to change the offense a bit last year. So, you know, how much of that was the offensive scheme compared to Tyreek's potential uh, decline? Uh, those are all things I think will get sorted out this year. But I love Waddle for a potential top 12. He was a stud last year. Anyone who was able to snag him, he went pretty late in a lot of redrafts last year. And, you know, he's going to be that value pickup. Uh, last year, for for a lot of the leagues that I was in, it was, you know, the Seattle Seahawks situation where DK Metcalf was getting scooped in the first two rounds. And then you could grab Tyler Lockett in like round seven or eight. And that ended up being the better receiver. So, you know, this could be another one of those situations um, down in Miami. Now, of the guys that aren't in the top 25, aren't in your top 25, who do you think was closest to cracking your rankings for this uh, 25 to 13 range? For me, it's Devontae Smith there in Philadelphia. Another second-year wide receiver. There Maybe there's a trend here for me. Um, I'm loving these guys coming in. I don't know how defenses are going to react. You know, now they have AJ Brown and Devonte Smith there on, on both sides, but I think Smith can be a real good compliment to AJ Brown. I don't, I don't think he outperforms AJ Brown. Like I was just talking about with Waddle outperforming Tyreek Hill, potentially. I believe that if Philadelphia starts to turn to the passing game a little bit more and less to the running game, this duo could kind of be a similar duo to a Jamar chase T Higgins last year. You weren't 100% sure what you are going to get, but at the end of the day, you were getting two great wide receivers. Devontae Smith can be a great wide receiver. We already know what A.J. Brown is. We saw mm-hmm. Smith do it a little bit last year, and I think he could he could uh, find himself up here top t- 15, top 20, somewhere in there, um, if, if Philadelphia decides to throw the ball a little bit. No, I love that. The, the Eagles are going to be a fun Madden team. <laughs> you got the scrambling He's quarterback. all over, yep. Two stud receivers and Miles Sanders. <laughs> For me, I'm I already mentioned Gabriel Davis and Hollywood Brown being right out of my top 25, but another guy I want to highlight is DeAndre Hopkins. A lot of people are forgetting about him, what he was able to do. He suffered some injuries last year. <clears throat> he is getting closer to 30, but he's not there yet. <laughs> so when he comes back from that suspension or if he's able to get it peeled back a little bit, cause I know he's trying to fight it. That's a guy I could definitely see in the top 25 and someone I really wanted to put in that 25 spot, but I liked Amon Ross St. Brown there a little bit more. Yeah. I don't know what to think about St. Brown. Honestly, I just, he came on so well last year, and I, I just think it's probably just because I, I wasn't really high on him as a prospect, and so it's kind of taken me a little bit longer to jump on that Warm train. But <laughs> I mean, there's no reason I'm not. He, all Everything was there. Stats were all there, everything. I'm worried about Hopkins, just the age. I mean, at this point yeah. in his career, just the age, and they bring in Hollywood, and we talked about Rondell Moore earlier. So that's what I'm worried about mostly there with Hopkins. I have one more wide receiver I think could tro- break into the top 25 here, uh, and that's Juju Smith-Schuster. Mm. Got to give a little bit of love to our Chiefs, and, and Juju checks all those boxes. 
except for one, right? So he's talented. He's been a top 20 fantasy wide receiver in the past. He has a great quarterback. He's on a great offense. But the reason he can't be ranked here and the reason we're not really sure is because is he going to beat out MVS or Sky Moore? Like, what? Who, who's going to be the, the number two target in Kansas City? And I think that maybe this should have just been a Chiefs wide receiver will be in the top 25 because I truly <laughs> believe that. I think that somebody's going to be there. It's just right now, it's hard. Like, you know, throw three straws in the air, which one lands first? Maybe that's the one that is going to be the, the top 25 because it's truly a, a coin flip to me. Uh, but sure. Juju kind of feels like the guy who's done it before, he probably has the best chance to mm-hmm. get up there in the top 25 this year. And we're going to be, we're going to be kicking ourselves if we're not taking a little <clears throat> bit of this offense. I, I really, that's so cheap. It's so cheap in drafts right now. It and is. to get, you know, Juju as wide receiver, 28, 29 coming off the board. That's, that's really nice. And it's an easy stack for the chiefs. And I just think that one of these chiefs wide receivers will end up in the top 25. Yeah, I think if I'm looking at the four candidates for, you know, who's going to pick up the majority of those Tyree Kill targets that he's leaving behind, it's Juju Smith-Schuster over Moore, MVS, Hardman. Um, I've seen him go as late as round eight or nine, Juju, in a lot of redraft mocks. So, um, yeah, you're 100% correct. It is super cheap. But here's the thing. As soon as one of those Chiefs receivers come off the board, the rest of them follow suit. So, like, over the next round and a half, they're all gone. <laughs> so, you know, everyone's kind of like, oh, yeah, the Chiefs have receivers. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> yeah, I think on underdog, um, Sky Moore and MVS were, like, back-to-back ADPs. Like, they're just <laughs> – Take whichever one you want because you're not going to get them in the next round. Right. Jump and and the there's also, now. there's a reason I didn't bring up Hardman because I, I, I'm out. I'm out on him. I don't. You're out? Oh, I'm out don't on give him. up I don't yet. think he's, man, <laughs> he's had his opportunities and it's never shown up. And I think he's got, he's got the speed and the athleticism. I just, maybe it's his route running. I don't know what it is, but yeah, it doesn't feel like Mahomes loves him. So I'm out on him. For me, it's that he's never really gotten the opportunity to do anything outside of the sweeps or the screen passes. I've I've maybe seen him catch one pass a game that was deeper than 10 yards. <laughs> you know, so it's it's kind of like it, at the point of the catch, not the actual distance that he went. So, you know, all of his uh, like 80% of his yards are after the catch. Yeah, and I think, to me, if if the Chiefs believed in him, they wouldn't have went and got three wide receivers this year. You know, I could see a couple, but to bring in three new bodies, it tells me that maybe Hardman's just never going to be there. So, anyway, you know, we could talk we'll Chiefs wide receivers all day. But oh, yeah. For me, I rank them Juju, Skymore, MVS, and then Hardman's like, two tiers down for me for sure out of this group of guys who do you think has you know who's in the most danger here to fall outside of the top 25 so we've talked about a couple guys moving into it that means somebody else has to fall out of it so who's falling out right so for me i know i have amon ross st brown at number 25 so like (laughs) 
picking him to be the guy that falls out of the 25 is kind of a cop out. It feels like, but I truly believe that he's like right on the cusp of being in my top 25 and the, the lions, they have TJ Hawkinson. They have Deandre Swift. Who's catching balls out of the backfield. And then they brought in DJ Chark, and if Jamison Williams ends up coming in midseason, he could be taking more of those targets away. That's definitely the scenario that I think Amon Ross St. Brown falls out of favor in Detroit. It's just because of how much they'd have to spread the ball around, and I don't know how strong their passing game is going to be. It was a lot different when they were only throwing to him and TJ Hawkinson last year. This year, Goff's got a few more weapons. So that's just one of those things that I'm looking at for him to potentially fall out of the top 25. But I really do like him this year. And if he's available for me in those mid-rounds, I'll be snagging him. Jamison Williams is one of my favorite, especially if you have an IR spot in your league. Let's go. Put him on your IR for the first six to eight weeks. Yeah, And he'll be there him. for your for playoff run if, if, you know, if you can hold on there because he is so talented. It's just a matter of health for him right now, but he is so talented. He would have easily been the number one wide receiver, I think, off the board in the NFL draft had he not gotten it hurt. He might have been a top five pick. You know, I think, yeah, he would have gone to the Jets. I think there's no doubt about it. Uh, they take him over Wilson or, yeah, Wilson in that scenario. Yeah. If you got an IR spot, just take him late and stash him. <laughs> you'll be happy you did it's gonna you know, it's gonna take a lot of patience but you'll be happy you did yeah especially if you're in a keeper format you grab him in round 10 12 you know that's even that's way more beneficial <laughs> than grabbing your qb2 oh, in yeah. that range hopefully he's a top you know a, a you know top eight round pick somewhere in there top six round pick next year for me i went a little deeper into my rankings here I went up to wide receiver 17 and Deontay Johnson. Mm. I love Deontay Johnson. I have had him in my, my dynasty leagues. I've always been kind of a, a guy who, you know, pounds the drum for Deontay Johnson. Uh, top 10, he had top 10 season in 2021. So, you know, he, he shows that he's got that ability even with untalented quarterbacks, but man, the, the only reason I think he could fall out of the top 25 is because it is, it is, a high percentage that this offense just fails. Mitchell <laughs> Trubisky is not a good quarterback. Kenny Pickett is what like he's a rookie that nobody was like dying to have. You know, small like, hands. I could, there, there, <laughs> there's no, there will be no shock in, in my mind if this just fails for Pittsburgh and they're drafting another quarterback next year because next year's quarterback class is actually good and not just a bunch of scrubs that not fifth year seniors like Kenny Pickett that just need a place to go. Like I, I really think this thing fails. And if it fails, Deontay Johnson will fail. Right. And that's something you have to think about when you go into your drafts, great player, phenomenal talent has a case of the dropsies, but man, what if this offense just fails? Same thing. <laughs> if you're trying to draft Najee Harris in the first round, like it, it could happen. And, and it could happen in a severe way that it hurt, it hurts you, your fantasy. So just, I don't know. I, I'm not necessarily like avoiding Deontay Johnson in drafts, but if we were to come back here and have a conversation in January and look back at these rankings and Devon and Deontay Johnson sitting at wide receiver 28, like I can't be, I can't be shocked or surprised at that. 
No, I I totally agree with you. I will say this about the Pittsburgh Steelers. Deontay Johnson is the only receiver on that team that I'll be targeting in any draft. I'm staying far away from Chase Claypool, and I don't know. I mean, I think George Pickens has potential for sure. He's going to be a good receiver, but that quarterback situation gives me the creeps. <laughs> it's not a good one. <laughs> I grabbed I grab Claypool. Claypool really started dropping best balls on underdog. So I grabbed him a few times and I, I picked up their rookie uh, wide receiver as well multiple times because like he's like nearly he was like nearly free in July. But that's for the spike weeks. Like Claypool could definitely have a spike week where he takes an end around 80 yards or something, you know, those kind of things. Oh, yeah. But in a managed league, I'm 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 with you on that because you're never gonna know when to play Chase Claypool. You can't right. start him every week, and you're not going to know when that spike week comes. Uh, so unless you're just lucky that everybody else has a buy and you had to play him that week, I I don't I don't really like him in managed leagues either. No, I'm I'm I think we're definitely on the same page with those Steelers receivers. Um, well, that's all we've got for the for this week's episode on receivers. Next week we'll be doing twelve through one. Something to keep an eye out though. This is a podcast presented by Stadium Rant, so you got to check out all of the written content that ties into what we're talking about here. Use it as your reference as you're doing your redrafts. Check it out. We did just release the top 20 quarterbacks based on Trevor, myself, and another gentleman here at Stadium Rant, Tyler Lamb. Shout out, Lamb, Gillette Gazette. We put that article out. We've got running backs coming out this weekend, and wide receivers will follow up next week's episode followed by tight end shortly after that. So make sure you go to www.stadiumrant.com and check out the featured tab. And Dan, as we're sending them on, they also need to go check out Spotify and check us out. NFL on Stadium Rant Podcast. It's our new podcast channel. We're coming to you. We're trying to bring you 32 NFL team podcasts. Right now we... Eight, I believe. Uh, they're not all out yet. They are coming. We've got multiple out already. Gillette Gazette, Chiefs Edge, Dolphin Addicts. If you're fans of any of these teams, go check us out. NFL on Stadium Ramp Podcast. Flock the North is out there. We, mm-hmm. Our Giants one is out there. What, Giants Gridiron? Yes, so go sir. check them out. NFL on Stadium Rants Podcast. Give them a follow on Spotify. Uh, you know, Leave any kind of ratings. We're trying to get to Apple. When we get to Apple, we'll let you know. But right now on Spotify, NFL on Stadium Ramp podcast there on Spotify. And you can find me on Twitter at Trevor S underscore FF. Slide into my DMs. You got any uh, questions about my rankings or need to need to tell me how bad I am at it. I, I'm here for <laughs> it. So let's go. If you, if you got any beef with Trevor, you know where to find him. You can find me, Dan underscore TF40 on Twitter. Message me with any beef, and I'll be sure to tell you how wrong you are. <laughs> come, come at me with it. I love having good debates, having that that spirited fun with it. And you know, at the end of the day, it's fantasy football. It's supposed to be fun. Follow us at ADP underscore podcast SR. We are a Stadium Rant podcast, part of the family. And lucky for us, we are on Apple Podcasts. So check us out: Apple Podcasts, Spotify. And follow Stadium Rant at Stadium Rant HQ. Thank you, everybody, for joining us. We will see you next week for the second half of these receiver rankings. I need to know everything. Who in the what and the where? I need everything. I need everything.
Trust me, I hear what you're saying, but act like it's new what you're telling me I'm curious, George, I hop in the Porsche, there's five and a horse I'm ready for war, I'm coming for throws to turn to a ghost I need to know everything Now you be surprised at the info you get is by letting them talk, so I'm letting them